Vanessa, and I am so excited to help you grow your business and actually start making money moves. I am over here happy dancing because the Optin Experience podcast was made for entrepreneurs just like you who want to turn strangers into fast friends, future clients, and customers using Optin Marketing. So without further ado, let's dig into today's episode and let's make cake, babes. Hey, sweet friends, what's up? Vanessa here. Um, Today I'm going to talk to you about how many opt-ins you actually need for your blog or your business. This question pops up literally all of the time. People are wondering, so how many opt-ins do I need? Should I create an opt-in for every single blog post? Should I only create one opt-in? How many opt-ins do I need? What is the opt-in sweet spot, (laughs) if you will? If there is a sweet spot, but there totally is. So today in this episode, I am going to talk to you about quality versus quantity opt-ins in which case quantity might actually be better for you and what to do to turn it into one quality opt-in. And I'm also going to talk to you about um, different ways that you can decide how many opt-ins that you need for your blog or business. And I'll give you a little hint. It's actually, it's not rocket science, you guys. It's opt-in science. I mean, (laughs) okay, sorry. I'm just like, trying to be really chipper and upbeat right now because it has been rainy for like the past week and my mood is totally affected by the rain so I've been in like this like frumpy mess so I just like want to be goofy and silly and laugh for a few minutes with you guys like hopefully I can like wake myself up out of this like rainy week slump I'm in so bear with me if I'm a little bit extra geeky today (laughs) if you will but anyway um so we're gonna talk about opt-ins how many do you need for your blogger business and we're gonna go ahead and dig into it so a lot of people always ask how many opt-ins do i need is there a certain amount do i need one with every blog post and the answer i'm sorry but it's not a straight yes or no and the reason why that is is because it depends on what your end goal is So what does an opt-in with every single blog post, does that serve your audience in the best way? Um, Does one major opt-in that you're linking all of your blog posts to, does that serve your audience in a different way? So one way to really tell is if you are doing a lot of really like long blog posts that are prompting action, um, you know, that require like a takeaway, like for example, like a checklist or maybe like a fill in the blank worksheet or a list of something that they're going to need um, once they try to accomplish whatever it is you're talking about in your blog post, then for sure, An opt-in for every blog post is not a bad idea. Uh, Now, there's a couple reasons why this isn't really very ideal. Um, If you are taking a lot of time on your blog post, and like say you're writing like a 2,000 word post, and 
like for every single post like I used to do this you guys and it burned me out from blogging because I felt like I was forced to have to create an opt-in with every single blog post my blog posts were always over 2,000 words imagine that as much as I talk I guess it it go figure right but um so there was writing the blog post over 2,000 words um sometimes like almost 3,000 words you have to create the Pinterest graphic and even in some cases create more than one Pinterest graphic, then you have to create your opt-in. You have to create the cover for your opt-in, the Pinterest graphics for your opt-in. Then you have to create all the social media graphics for Facebook and Instagram. And literally, like, we are talking hours upon hours for one blog post, and that is insane. Now, if you're writing one blog post a week and you dedicate like your blog post writing and creating your content to one specific day, um, and if blogging is like your primary form of like earning money from your business, then this is okay. It's just when you're like tying in, you know, passive income products and you're tying in coaching programs that you offer and you're tying in services that you provide, like taking four to five hours on one blog post is is a bit on the insane side, right? And I'm not knocking you if you do it. I'm totally like applauding you because it's something that I had to stop. I, I couldn't create a blog post and then create an opt-in to go with it and do all the social media graphics. By the time it was all dead and dead and sun, oh my gosh, <laughs> I told you I'm going to like, I'm going to be a little crazy in this episode, but by the time it was all said and done, I was exhausted and I didn't even feel like promoting it. Like the content that I was so pumped up to publish and release, I was completely just over it by the time it was done. So again, if you want to create an opt-in for every single blog post, that's totally okay. But make sure that it's not fluffy. Make sure that it's not you're not only doing it because you feel like you have to create an opt-in for every single blog post. Now again, if if you are, you know, telling someone a step-by-step tutorial on setting something up, and you want to include a checklist, that's totally fine because they're going to need that as a takeaway when they go to, you know, perform that action that you're prompting them to in your blog post. So it really just depends, you guys, on the content of your post, on your time, and what other opt-ins that you have on your site. Because literally, there's like no reason for you to have to, you know, put fluffy content at the end of your blog post because that's not going to accomplish anything. You may get some subscribers, of course. However, if they're just getting your, you know, checklist and it's really not helping them get anything done, then most likely they're not going to become like a loyal like fan or a, you know, a brand BFF. So, so make sure that the content that you're putting out with your opt-in that you're doing it because it truly goes along with your overall purpose and your missions and your goals. So, I say, do you need a blog a opt-in for every single blog post? The answer is yes and no. It depends on your goal. If that opt-in is teaching someone how to do something, it's ta- giving them something to take away. It's you know, quality that they can um, follow up on from your blog post, then yes. If you have the time, then yes. If you're only doing it because you feel like you have to, then no. Let's think, you guys, quality over quantity. So let's say, for example, you are creating an opt-in for every single blog post or almost every blog post, then there's a couple things that you can do to kind of make your opt-ins work a little bit harder for you. So the first thing would be to instead of creating 
a massive opt-in that only has um, for one blog post. Instead, why not make an opt-in that's relevant to three or four blog posts? That way, in that blog post series, you can link that same opt-in. So you're still linking an opt-in in every single blog post, but it's not just a different one that you have to create over and over again. Now, another thing that you can do is you can also repurpose all of your opt-ins and you can put them in a resource library. Um, and I actually talk about this in another podcast of how to create and set up a resource library. But the good thing about this is that in all of your blog posts and all of your marketing efforts and everything that you do, you can lead them back to this one massive quality opt-in. So it can house your 25 checklists or worksheets or guides or videos or training, anything that you've created as an opt-in, especially if they're smaller by themselves, they would be perfect in a resource library. And that is a quality opt-in that you can give to people. And it's going to be a more organized place for people to consume your content. So say, for example, they read your blog post and it's not relevant to their life at that particular moment. They know that when they follow you and you're consistently engaging with them, that at some point they may go back to that resource. They may go back to that blog post. They may go back to your resource library and consume the content at their own place. So housing all of those opt-ins, all those smaller like micro opt-ins in one place in a resource library is actually a really great idea to have a quality opt-in that houses all of that quantity, if that makes sense. So another thing I want to talk about is the point of quality over quantity. Sometimes quantity isn't, oh man, <laughs> so tongue-tied when I say that, but sometimes quantity isn't always key. Like the purpose of making opt-ins that substantially grow your business and make meaningful connections and impacts on your subscribers is to make those opt-ins quality. So if you take a look back at your opt-ins and you feel like you were only doing them because you had to, or maybe it was kind of just fluffy content, you were really just focused on gaining subscribers and getting those numbers up um, rather than you know delivering quality content to those subscribers, that's okay guys, we've all been there. Like in fact, when I first started my blog a couple years ago, I literally was creating an opt-in for like every post. And sometimes it like, it didn't even make sense for me to be creating an opt-in for it. And of course what happened is that I didn't get like hardly any subscribers from those number of like worksheets and these random things that I was putting on my blog posts. Like I had no goal, I had no purpose. So when you're creating an opt-in and when you're writing a blog post, you have to make sure that Everything is tying together and it's helping you meet your end goal. And a quality opt-in can help you meet your end goal faster than just ha putting a bunch of stuff out there in the universe. So when I say quality opt-in, it doesn't have to be a five-day video series or challenge with templates and worksheets and checklists and guides and all these things. It doesn't have to be, but it can be. A quality opt-in means that you are giving something away to people that is really going to impact their life, the way they do business, the way that they live, the way they run their household, the way they organize their finances, whatever niche that you're in, make that opt-in quality so that 
it really impacts their lives because when you're making that impact and you're making that connection with your subscriber, that's going to be when you become their go-to. That's going to be when they start tagging you in Facebook groups for, you know, the solution to their problem. That's going to be when they start replying to your emails and telling you thank you for what you've just given them. That's going to be when they buy that first e-product or that first course that you create. Like that connection starts, you guys, with that first opt-in. So make it a quality one. Don't worry so much about making tons and tons of opt-ins. I would suggest that you make a few quality opt-ins and then you base all of your marketing and all of your content around those opt-ins. Say, for example, if you are a WordPress designer and a brand stylist, then that is two different audiences that you're serving because some people may already have a great brand, but they're making the switch to WordPress and they need a WordPress website. Or maybe somebody already has a website that they love, but it's they've outgrown their brand, so it's time for a refresh. The opt-in that you create to attract branding clients or customers is not going to be the same as the opt-in you would create to attract WordPress clients and customers. Now, of course, you're always going to have that customer that needs the best of both worlds. They're going to need branding and they're going to need a website design, and that's perfectly fine. But I feel like my rule of thumb is is that whatever whoever you're trying to reach, whatever products you sell, whatever services you offer, whatever topics that you blog about, whoever you want to bring to your list and whoever you want to talk to, that you need to create an opt-in for each specific topic. Okay, so for example, if you are a lifestyle blogger and you always blog about three things, maybe that's fashion, food, and family or what have you, then you want to create an opt-in for each one of those. So maybe for food, you can create like an ebook that is like a 10 recipe um, quick breakfast guide if you're not a breakfast person or something like that. Um, if you want to attract people who are interested in fashion, then you could include something like um, a style guide lookbook, like or you know, and how a how to find you know good quality fashionable finds at a thrift store or something like that. Um, if you want to blog about family you could create an opt-in for how to organize your home or how to organize your kids' uh, toy chest or how to organize your cabinets or how to make a meal plan or anything like that. So the point is, you guys, is that your opt-in should lead to some end goal. Like, is your end goal going to be for someone to click through an affiliate link and try out um, one of your favorite products or services and in exchange you get paid for that? Is your end goal going to be that you want someone to buy your e-product or buy your course? Is that end goal going to be that you want someone to hire you and work with you? So what is your end goal going to be? That's going to really help you determine how many opt-ins you should create and how many avenues you need someone to take to get to that point, okay? So that's that's like the best rule of thumb is think about your niche. Think about the topics that you talk about and that you blog about. So if you are a WordPress designer and a brand stylist and you offer WordPress design and brand styling on your services page, obviously your end goal is going to be to book more clients. Now, let's say that some people may not quite be ready for that. That's okay. Then maybe you have... 
an e-course or like a small mini workshop on how to get your WordPress website set up in a weekend. That's going to attract your WordPress clients, right? And then maybe for branding, maybe you sell pre-made branding kits on Etsy or on your website or what have you. So think of it as like a stair step, okay? And think about your end goal first. And um, Raina from Raina & Co., she actually has an awesome podcast about creating verticals uh, for your business. And that's essentially what this is, is like starting your end goal and working backwards. And I'll definitely link that episode um, in the notes here because it's a really great one and it's one that you should listen to. But basically, you want to figure out what your end goal is and then create your content tailored around that. So, Rather than thinking that you have to create an opt-in for every blog post, um, don't do that. Think about how you can maximize the effectiveness of one single opt-in and then how you can use that opt-in to serve a higher purpose. So, for example, you have one opt-in. You can write multiple blog posts that lead back to that opt-in. That's like maximizing the effectiveness and it's maximizing your ROI or return on investment in terms of time and energy that you've put into that opt-in, right? So think of this as like, okay, let me give you a real life example. And that's, that's for me. Basically what I do is when I record a podcast episode or any of the content that I put out, I make sure that it's leading back to an opt-in. So much of what I talk about is opt-in design and opt-in marketing, which leads back perfectly to my opt-ins, which are um, free Canva and Adobe opt-in templates that you can just grab and design an opt-in with. Um, it's also the opt-in design workshop where I take you through step-by-step step how to design an opt-in with templates that I give you, as well as how to get it set up for delivery and then launch your opt-in. And I also just recently launched a new opt-in, which basically talks about all of the ways that you can launch your opt-in and get your first or your next subscribers. And there's like over 22 different tips, simple things that you can do to get more people looking at your opt-in, to get more eyes on your opt-in, and to really maximize the effectiveness of that opt-in. So I definitely suggest I'm going to link that one here actually in this podcast episode. It's called um, Opt-in to List. It's basically over 20 simple marketing ideas that you can implement today and start getting more subscribers on your list. So those three opt-ins that I created all have to do with what I talk about, which is opt-in design and opt-in marketing. How to design an opt-in, how to grow a list with your opt-in, how to use an opt-in to eventually sell an e-product or course. These are all topics that I talk about. Um, it all leads into products that I create and it leads into the services that I offer. So when you are mapping out your strategy, your content strategy and your opt-in strategy and your end goal, which will be to sell your services or your products, then think about that. So think quality over quantity. How can you maximize the effectiveness of your opt-ins by creating multiple pieces of content that will help you promote the opt-ins that you create? So don't feel pressured, and I repeat this, do not feel pressured, you guys. Don't. Just don't do it because everyone else is doing it. Do not create an opt-in for every blog post if it's not relevant. 
Do not create an opt-in for every blog post if it's not serving a purpose or helping you meet that end goal. Do not create an opt-in for every single blog post if you are stressed out about the time that it takes to do it because that completely takes the joy out of blogging and out of growing your business. Do what makes sense for you. So you can either create one massive opt-in like a five-day challenge or a 10-day challenge or, you know, a mini course or anything. Create one massive, awesome opt-in and focus all of your content and your marketing funneling to that one opt-in. Or if you want to create multiple opt-ins for multiple blog posts, then create good quality micro opt-ins that still lead to your end goal and then condense those into a resource library and focus all of your content and your marketing efforts on those micro opt-ins. So don't feel pressured to create an opt-in for everything. Just don't. If you want to, do it, but make sure that it's going to help your new subscribers and your new brand BFFs Like, make sure it's going to help them accomplish some sort of goal. Because if it's all fluff and no good stuff, (laughs) if it's all fluff and no good stuff, then they're going to be easily forgotten about, okay? And I hate to say that because I love all of you guys so very dearly. But think about the content that you're putting out. Think about the opt-ins that you're putting out. How is it, one, helping you meet that end goal? How is it fitting into the time that you have to produce your content, how is it making you feel when you produce it? So if it's making you stressed out, then reconsider. Instead of doing one opt-in every week for every blog post, take you know, one week to create a really awesome blog post, which will alleviate that time that you would have to take to create a single one for every blog post for the next 10 weeks and create your content around that one blog post. So if it's stressing you out, if it's taking too much time, if it's not serving a purpose, if you're getting like a ton of unsubscribes, like people are unsubscribing literally right after they get your opt-in, then rethink your opt-in strategy. Don't feel pressured to do what everyone else does. Do what feels good to you and do what makes sense for your business. So my suggestion, and take this with a pinch of sugar, you guys, is to create an opt-in for every topic that you talk about and leave it at that and see how it goes. So create a couple of good high-quality opt-ins. I would say start with one and then maybe work your way up to two or three and then test those out for a couple of months, you guys, at least like 60 or 90 days and see which opt-in is getting the most traction. Um, See what content is the most popular, how many people are getting to your blog posts, like what's your most popular post in that 60 to 90 days? What are people signing up for the most? Um, What are people most interested about? And then after that 60 to 90 days, then you can reevaluate. So if you had like one post and one opt-in that literally like blew all of the others out of the water, then rethink your content strategy and do more of of similar content to that like wildfire hot topic, right? So like I said, you guys, when it comes to doing your opt-ins, you're going to have ones that flop. But if you make it quality and you don't think about quantity from the onset, if you think about quality and solving a problem for your people, then you're going to be more likely to have a successful opt-in. So don't feel pressured to make a ton. Just make a couple, put your feelers out there, test it out, see how people are responding to it, and then go from there. So it's like 
um, Think Creative Collective, Abigail and Emily, like they always say, like tweak and repeat. Like basically put something out there. If it's not working, tweak it and put it out there again or completely scratch it and start something new. So don't feel like a failure if your first opt-in or two doesn't work because it happens, you guys. Sometimes we don't really have our footing and it gets a little bit difficult to try and understand what our audience wants because some of it is a big guessing game. Like we're just, there's no... At least I don't think that there's any proven strategy Like when you're super brand new and have no content and no audience, there's no like 100% guaranteed proven method out there that says that if you do this for your first opt-in or if you do this for your first blog post or if you do this for your first business that you're going to be successful. It just, I don't think that it's out there, you guys. So some of this, you know, big stuff that people buy into, I kind of feel like it, it's its a lot about intuition and it's a lot about numbers. Like, what's worked in the past? How are people responding to things that you've done in the past? What have been your most popular posts? What do you see people in your communities, like in your Facebook groups, on Instagram? What are people's pain points? Like, what are they having problems with the most? So a lot of it when you create your opt-in, is about figuring out what your audience wants and needs, um, observing how they're responding to your content and how they're consuming it, and then once you see these things, then you can tailor your content and your future opt-ins around this. So no, guys, don't create an opt-in for everything, but do, yes, do, definitely do, create a couple of different opt-ins, at least two, that are good quality opt-ins, Create, you know, at least 5, 10, or 15 pieces of content related to both of those opt-ins. And then let it sit for a couple of months. And after it sits for a couple months, go back and reevaluate and say, okay, opt-in number one had over 500 subscribers, but opt-in number two only had 100. Um, or opt-in one had 500 subscribers, but had 150 unsubscribes. But opt-in number two had 100 subscribers, but only five people unsubscribed. So there definitely is, you know, a happy medium. Put some things out there. See what your audience responds to. Most importantly, see what you enjoy doing the most. And then you can figure out from there if you want to create an opt-in with every blog post. Um, if you want to create one or two big, big opt-ins that you promote like forever <laughs> as your primary method of getting subscribers or um, test out a bunch of small ones. Like I said, it, it's all in your preference. And really for me, what it comes down to is just the time and not feeling like I'm forced to do what everyone else does. So I'm encouraging you guys to get out of that little tiny opt-in box, do this because so-and-so has done this and it's been successful for them. Get out of that box. I'm like opening the lid to the box and I'm freeing you from that box. Do what feels good to you, okay? And if you have questions or if you need to brainstorm some ideas, I'm going to link um, another podcast episode here. Um, it's basically how to figure out what type of opt-in to create for your audience when you don't have an audience and you have no clue what they need. I'm going to link that here because that's super helpful. And again, if you have an opt-in or you have a couple opt-ins and you're ready to try those out, go ahead and subscribe to 
my brand new opt-in, which is called Opt-in to List. Um, it's over 20 ways that you can promote your opt-in and get your first or next subscribers. I'm going to link that up in the episode as well. Um, and the link to that is vanessaryan.co slash opt dash in dash list. So it's really simple to get to, but again, I'm going to link it. And questions? Let me know. Hit me up, you guys, because most of my podcast episodes come from real human questions. So I'd love to hear from you. Um, Tell me what you're struggling with, and I will see how I can help. So peace, love, and happiness, my sweet friends. Um, Go off and do you. Take care, and we'll chat next time, guys. Come back next week. I can't wait to share more opt-in gems with you. If you loved this episode, I would so much appreciate it if you could leave a rating and a review to help other people find the show so that they can grow their businesses too. And I've got tons of free templates and training for you over on the blog at vanessaryan.co forward slash thanks dash friends. Have a happy day, sweet friends.